Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives. As we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered, These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say start here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book, His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. If you click the link and download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness, and if you choose to do that, Before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app. That app contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people will choose to do all of that soon and often because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives as they apply these tools in their lives, and secondarily because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those you'd like to share with us, please give us a call at 563-999-3581. When you call that number, if you press 1 on your phone, It will put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I'll turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code. 
we greatly appreciate when people do that because it helps us live into our intention with this work. The intention we have with this work is to be of service, and it's far easier for us to be of service when we know how this work is landing with you. If we spend a, a session just discussing comments and questions or if we spend a session actually doing a worksheet, what is of most value to you in that process? And it makes it far easier for us to be of service when we know how we can best serve you, how what we're doing is landing with you, etc. There's also a whole host of audio files on the whyagain.org website and on the mindshiftersacademy.org website. And if you choose to listen to those, they can serve as a powerful tutorial for you to let you get instruction on how to use these tools, the Reality Management Worksheet and other tools, in various situations and for various types of difficulties. And it might prompt, I've actually had people that say, as they're listening to someone either in the support group or in the Internet show do a worksheet, it prompts them to realize, oh, my gosh, I could benefit from doing the very same worksheet on that similar dynamic in my life. So please feel free to take advantage of these resources, whether it's through the whyagain.org website or the mindshiftersacademy.org website, and let us know how it's benefiting you. We had our support group last night. We have support groups on Tuesdays and Thursday nights still. Tuesday night group has been going. It's 18 and a half years now. It'll be 19 in August. The Thursday group's probably been going for 9 or 10 years. I've lost track of that, but both are available through Zoom. Both of them are available for you to attend absolutely free. You can go to the website at mindshiftersacademy.org and find all the information on how to join us for free through the Zoom app on your computer. And we'd be happy to have you join us or happy to have you pass the information along to somebody you think might benefit and that's Tuesday and Thursday evening from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Central Time. And last night we we uh, listened to a, a talk by Tara Brock. And Tara Brock is, um, I believe she had a degree in psychology. Maybe she was a clinical psychologist. I don't know, but she's now a been studying and teaching the Buddhist tools and traditions for quite a few years and makes a lot of her resources available for free on the Internet and through uh, Facebook. And she has a very similar message to everything else we listen to in our Mind Shifter support groups. 
very strong on the idea of being gentle with yourself. She was using the RAIN acronym again last night in the talk. RAIN stands for Recognize, Accept, Inquire, and then Be Nurturing. R-A-I-N. Recognize, R for Recognize, A for Accept and Allow, I for Investigate and Inquire, and N for Nurture Yourself. Be gentle with yourself regardless of what you uncover. This is one of the hallmarks of every deep spiritual teaching that's ever resonated with me, the idea that negative self-talk, negative emotions, thoughts of self-loathing and beating myself up, these are never lead to a productive result. They only always and ever produce results like the tool. That means if I use a negative thought, I'm going to produce more negativity in my life. If I act from a negative thought, if I let myself sit and spin in a negative thought, I'm going to produce more negativity in my life. I can't improve my life situation by letting myself be motivated from a negative thought or a negative emotion. So please be gentle with yourself. Please understand that we would be happy to entertain your comments or questions, even if some part of you is saying, oh, I talk on the show too much, or oh, uh, my question is stupid, or I don't really even know how to formulate my question. Being gentle with yourself would be able would would allow you to um, allow yourself to just be with whatever is in the moment and to trust that if there is any kind of an impulse for you to raise your hand or make a comment, it will be perfect just the way it is. It will be of benefit to you and others to let it unfold. So... Our call-in number is 563-999-3581. Again, if you call that number and press 1, it will put a little question mark by your, or the icon of a hand these days, by your phone number. And I'll be able to uh, turn on your microphone and announce you by your area code. We were talking yesterday about strong mental and emotional energies and how they can frequently show up as physical symptoms. And I was talking about work I'd been doing because I woke up on Monday morning with spasms in my psoas muscle, which pulls my hip up, torques my right hip up toward my shoulder and makes it very, very difficult for me to stand up straight. And this is an issue that I've had in my life for a lot of years. And it began after I had a broken back in my broken vertebra in my back back in 1988 and um, and years later when I was um, having yet another episode of of the uh, hip pain or the, the hip going out or the back going out whatever you want to call it uh, I went for a, a chiropractic 
treatment of that situation. And um, even though most every time I'd been to this particular chiropractor, whatever he did worked and would hold beautifully for you know weeks or months, this time it didn't. And and it literally got worse. It's the only time I've ever been to him for treatment that the situation got worse instead of better. So I went back the very next day. And this is a chiropractor who knew about the uh, energy medicine work. Uh, it uses knowledge of the acupuncture meridians. And um, it's called the neuroemotional technique. And so he adjusted the hip so it would let me straighten my back, etc. But before he let me get off the table, he said, let's test to see whether or not there's an emotional component to this. And I said, okay. And he tested, and it was a very strong emotional component. So we went ahead and did the release work with that energy medicine technique. And I felt the psoas muscle just, you know, pop and crack and soften and release. And it was the strongest physical release I'd felt getting that kind of energy work done on me in all the years I'd done it, probably four or five years at that point. And I didn't have to go back to him for another couple of years with that hip problem. And when the hip went out again, I said, oh, there must be some fear involved here. There's a, The fear was the emotion that I did the release on um, the years before. And so every time that hip, that psoas muscle, that hip tension happens, I now know chances are really good there's a, a subconscious or an unconscious or a preconscious, choose whatever word you want for it, belief or fear or energy spinning in me that I'm not consciously dealing with or consciously aware of. And if I take care of that energy, the the back pain, the hip tension, flexion, the restriction of motion, the difficulty functioning gets better usually in a matter of hours. And prior to this, when the hip would go out and I would have problems, it would be out for days if not weeks. And I would assume, oh, I've done something to my hip and I need to be extra careful and restrict my motion and use alternating hot and cold and do deep tissue massage and stretching. And I've learned that's not the case, that this restriction of motion and pain releases almost instantaneously when I address the pain, the emotion, the, the energetic trauma, the false belief, whatever you want to call it. And in my particular case, it's most often it reveals itself to be related to fear. And as I did some worksheets and tapping and breathing on that on Monday morning, even though I didn't get any deep, um, uh, what we'll call, uh, 
deep insight into what, what the issue was intellectually, before noon, the psoas muscle had released and my hip pain was gone and I was able to stand up straight. I had little remnants of the discomfort if I would move in a certain way. We talked about that on the show yesterday and then between yesterday's show and today I did some more tapping, some more breathing and I had that energy work done on me and I uncovered fears related to several situations in my life today. And as I sit here today, I am even more flexible and comfortable than I was yesterday at this time. And the themes that came up in the worksheet process related to my fear of disappointing someone in my life these days, if my knee pain and my back pain and my hip pain don't get resolved, and if they restrict my ability to travel and have fun and do the usual activities that my friend and I like to do. And then another set of releases and thoughts was that as I'm struggling with knee pain these days and having it fairly consistently throughout the day, and I'm going to go see the orthopedic surgeon next week to see about what needs to be done to relieve this. It's a torn meniscus kind of thing. As I'm living life these days, I'm in a lot more discomfort and pain than I have been for quite a while. And one of the impacts of that on my energy system is it drains my energy. I feel more tired. If I'm tired and the the workload and the stress load stays the same, I get less patient. And so the other theme of worksheets and tapping and breathing and releases were around my fear that I won't remain my patient, loving, gentle self when dealing with my patients or people in the group or people in my life, my friends and family. And this related to several memories from my past where I was quite a bit younger and feeling overwhelmed by life circumstances and I wasn't living up to my ideal of how I should be loving and patient and compassionate and as I did those releases and did the breathing and tapping around those issues and canceled my goal to be living up to my ideal I felt the release happen even stronger in the psoas muscle which is the thing that would torque my my hip and make it difficult to stand straight or walk without pain so That's my report on the work I've been doing and the themes that have been bubbling up through the worksheets and the EFT tapping and the neuroemotional technique release that I was doing earlier today. And I strongly encourage people, regardless of your symptoms, if you've got fatigue, if you've got irritability, if you've got a physical symptom, to explore the body of work involved in these tools and explore the possibility that 
even if the mental emotional issues you're experiencing are not the cause of the physical symptom, whether it's a rash or it's a muscle spasm or it's back pain or it's migraines, even if it's not the cause, at least explore the very high probability that when you generate a strong negative emotion in response to or around or around thoughts of these physical symptoms, it is compounding the issue or it is inhibiting your ability to heal from it. And if you remove those mental, emotional stuck points, trauma energies, negative beliefs, thoughts of self-loathing, etc., the flow of life energy and healing energy through you will facilitate your healing far more effectively, far more efficiently than if you try to ignore the mental and emotional component related to any physical negative physical symptom. And the Reality Management Worksheet is just one very useful tool for that. There's also the targeted journaling that Michael calls the Mind Shifter, which is a very useful tool for that. There's also the Three Early Memories of Conflict, which is a very powerful tool to help me understand what I might have downloaded as a coping mechanism from a younger time in my life, which when it gets resonated today, leaves me stuck responding to life events from a very limited coping mechanism perspective rather than giving me full access to my adult awareness and and wisdom and life experience. It is entirely possible, and, and we see it in the Three Early Memories of Conflict exercise, that I'm stuck repeating a series of responses from a much earlier time in my life and that I'm not actually responding to life as a competent adult with my life experience and training and education whenever I get triggered to an upset or I get triggered to think oh this is a session, this is a a moment of conflict just like when I was 6 years old and my six-year-old self and that pattern of responding kicks in and the rationalization for it is, well, I survived when I was six by doing this, so that must be what I need to do to survive now. And it happens outside of conscious logical thought. It happens without valid evaluation of the conclusions and it leaves me trapped repeating unproductive and often very primitive life coping mechanism patterns well into my adult years. Hopefully most of us recognize the value of maintaining our adult awareness rather than letting our wounded 6 or 12-year-old decide how we respond to life today. So our call-in number is 563-999-3581. Call that number, press 1 on your phone, 
we can have a conversation. How is it landing for you to talk about evaluating, at, at the very least evaluating, what's my emotional response to having this physical symptom? And perhaps even evaluating what might my emotional beliefs, traumas, fears, stuck points be doing to generate or keep me from healing this negative physical symptom in this moment. I am far more comfortable and confident in my life today from the application of these tools on a regular basis than I was before I learned these tools and before I started applying them regularly. One of the, the biggest things I tell people about how to find words for how my life is so much better from the application of these tools, because it goes beyond words quite rapidly. But one of the best ways to talk about it is to say, I actually spend a tiny fraction of the time in my life in negative emotions compared to what I did before I learned and began to apply these tools regularly. I would spend far more time in my day feeling frustrated, sad, scared, upset, angry, feeling grief, feeling overwhelmed. And when those things come up these days, it is a simple process for me to take a breath or two, turn the focus inside and ask myself, how am I creating this upset? And when I see that process, it's almost automatic that I begin to dismantle it. Area code 610, Susan? Hi, Dr. Tim. Good topic. Welcome. Thanks for running over your, because I didn't listen to the archive last night. I actually slept through the night, which is quite unusual. Um, I wanted to ask you if you, if you find another hand go up. <clears throat> One of my issues is that I do talk a lot on the radio show, and I, I was on Doctor, uh, I was on Michael Rice's show the other day, and <clears throat> evidently there were about five hands up, and I was, you know having a wonderful time and I don't I would love it if 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 I don't able to talk on the phone with you but I'd love it if you acknowledged other people and maybe brought them into this the discussion if there are other hands up and that's true right now is there any other hand up not currently but I will alert you if there is okay thanks well you mentioned you know rash okay well and you also, what's interesting to me is you did have a back injury, and so there is a fragility or a, um, you know, something got compromised, and so that might be a weak link. And if there's some emotional issue, it might be expressed through that weakened area, right? Is that? Well, that's one way that people think about it, but. Yeah, I, I don't know the value of that. I know that you know we were talking about it yesterday, and and the comment was, so many people, 
when they wake up and they've got a stiff neck or a sore back and they think, oh, I must have tweaked it or I must have slept wrong or I must need to change the bedding or I, I, I need to not have my leg in that position any, again. And th- whether it's the Dr. John Sarno work or the people who do this kind of work with um, combining the EFT tapping and the NET with this work, we understand it just isn't useful to keep pursuing those physical solutions because what's happening then is I'm telling my mind, oh, this is a physical problem. Mm -hmm. And the more I go to deep tissue massage and chiropractors and, you know, alternating hot and cold and electrical stimulation, the more I go to that, the more I'm sending the message to my mind-body energy system that there isn't anything emotional going on here and there's no need to do my emotional work. This is a physical mm-hmm. problem. Right. <clears throat> but you but also if you follow what the that... Dr. John Sarno work invites us to do, stay away from that except for, you know, what's needed to provide you know, survival level mobility and comfort and begin earnestly doing the work of uncovering the emotional issue, the mental emotional issue, talking to the body as a whole energy system. Right. And and covering all the bases. You can go get the x-ray, but you also do the emotional part of it, and you don't pin it all on some mechanical thing that's just the body. Well, and what we talk about with you know Dr. John Sarno being a medical doctor, he, if somebody came to him, he would do a full set of scans. He would mm-hmm. try to make sure that there wasn't bone cancer or you know a broken bone severing a nerve or whatever that there hadn't been some deep trauma that needed actual physical repair. And as soon as he was clear that that was not the case, he would recommend that people stop focusing on the physical and begin Mm -hmm. talking to their body, to their energy system, to explore what the unconscious issues might be, and refrain, actively refrain from doing all of the things that the physical therapist and the orthopedic surgeon would tell them to do. Because doing that is a distraction. Doing that is, you know, saying one thing and doing another. Well, what are you going to pay attention to if I say one thing and do another? If you're half intelligent, mm-hmm. you pay attention to what I'm doing. Mm. So, in my situation, I had COVID and went to the dermatologist with this itchy rash. And he said, oh, my goodness, I have seen this post-COVID in lots of people. It may go away in three days or it may take six months. It will go away. It's not dangerous. Don't worry. Um, And then, of course, there's the emotional component. And I I think of myself as a fidgety, itchy person, somebody who can't sit still for longer than an hour. (laughs) And, you know, so I think, okay, this fits. Uh, This is this fits. So Michael said, well, how about worksheets on itchiness? And those are very easy to do. I can acknowledge the itchiness. And so I've been doing worksheets on itchiness and a mind shifter on 
you know, slowing down because itchiness has to do with wanting to get things done, get past this, get to the next thing so that I can get to the next thing to somehow arrive where? And that's a, a question I'm still asking myself. Arrive at peace, arrive at safety, yeah, arrive where, at, where do we uh, think we're going is a, is a really good question. I right? know. <laughs> I know, right. So I, 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 love the guy, I, I love the Guy Finley talk where he talks about the, the silliness of rushing anywhere. Oh, yeah. Where, where are we going when we're rushing? Where we're going is we're leaving the now. We're, we're doing yep. the exact opposite that every deep spiritual teaching and every sound psychological teaching would tell us to do. We're doing the opposite of it every time we rush. Oh, God. And so got our finger on something that I don't think is just mine, but I've been in a hurry for my entire life. I even tell myself I'm probably going to die younger because I'm trying to get to the next thing, you know, and so I'm going to die too soon because I'm in a rush to check out what it's like to be dead. (laughs) Anyway, so last night after doing the work, I thought, all right, I'm going to bed now. And it's going to usually the itchiness gets much more intense at night. I go to bed and I think tonight is going to be a peaceful night. Well, I wake up with this incredible itch in my shoulder. And my shoulders have been, I have some arthritis in my shoulder. And I have a friend who says, don't say that. That's just affirming that you have it. Stop saying that. You don't have arthritis. And you know, all these different ways of looking at things are butting heads. So I'm lying in bed saying, okay, I'm just going to breathe through this itch and I'm not going to scratch it. Well, the itch began feeling like a knife with its point way deep in the tissues. You know that edge between itch and pain? It sat there and finally I just said, all right, and I had this great scratch. But of course, one scratch led to needing another one in the same place and it went on and on and I'm thinking, well, what did all those worksheets do you know so I'm bawling myself out and I know you keep saying be gentle and I'm lying there thinking all right I can't sleep itchy this incredible itch and anyway I'm right in the middle of it is all I'm saying and I I and I I always have the question well is this the nature of this post-covid thing is this a normal thing to be happening and if it were normal some heat would be taken off my responsibility to check out itchiness. So anyway, I'll stop right there because I'm just going around in circles. I'm get, I'm in the spin mode. Right, you're in the spin mode of trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right, and and the Buddhist approach would be maybe you do Tonglen. Tonglen is tap into your best, most solid, true, total, in all circumstances, loving energy and breathe into it Mm. and feel it and soften. And then the next thing is, after you've done that and you've grounded in that, then breathe in not just your pain and suffering from your itch and your stabbing pain. Breathe that in and also breathe in all the pain of anybody in the world, everybody who's in physical discomfort in this moment. Breathe it in. Take it into yourself. 
And then as you breathe out, breathe out relief. Breathe out peace mm. and extend that mm-hmm. to everyone who's ever had physical discomfort. And breathe in the suffering and, and the tension and the itch and breathe out the relief. That's the process of Tonglen. That's that's gorgeous. And, of course, you know, all the suffering in Ukraine and Turkey come right to mind, people trapped under concrete slabs, etc. Okay, a lot to breathe out. And and breathe it in. Breathe And understanding, I'm breathing in, I'm going to take in all the suffering for those children trapped under buildings or those people who just lost a loved one in the most recent uh, uh, shooting in America. You know, we've got these mass yeah. shootings where there's four mm-hmm. or more or five or more people killed and 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 so here are people who've lost a loved one who was in their 20s and their you know in the prime of their life i'm going to breathe in the suffering for that and the grief and loss and i'm going to breathe out healing and peace and compassion and joy okay and in dr michael rice's worksheet he's got a part in part seven where it says you know uh, one of the truths of the universe is that by giving i first get the original and that mm-hmm. is contained in tonglen right i can't breathe out loving healing unless i've taken it into myself first so i'm breathing in all the pain and suffering from around the globe that's got anything to do with and maybe things that have nothing to do with my itch and my pain and my suffering and my worry about my post-COVID symptoms. And then I breathe out healing and compassion and joy and aliveness. And in order to breathe that out, I have to let it resonate within me first. So I get the original and I send out that carbon copy to the rest of the world with every intention to be aligned with every brother and sister on the planet, every other spark of light on the planet for healing, for allowance, for being awake and aware in the moment and understanding no matter how good or bad it is, this too shall pass, that life is this flow of energy, that it's okay for me to feel it fully, to engage the experience of life in this moment fully, without demanding that it change, without being impatient about when will it change, just to be here, just to allow, just to breathe and soften, just to experience life in the moment. What a great use to put an itch to. Exactly. Exactly, or any other suffering. Well, this is any a very easy thing. This is an easy thing to talk about because it really feels more like a curiosity than anguish. But to be able to use it to send out peace when we're all so helpless, we feel so helpless about the things that are happening far away and maybe some of them pretty near. It's good.
Well, it's the practice of Tonglen. I've heard about it from several different Buddhist teachers. It is something that comes up in several of Pema Chodron's books that I listen to. I've heard her mention it. You know, once or twice a year. And um, it's a similar thing to what Tara Brock was discussing last night, some aspects of what Tara was talking about last night resonate similarly to that. Mm-hmm. How would you frame it as a tapping exercise? I just add tapping to the various concepts that we just talked about. I would just be doing the tapping on the energy points while I say tapping around the top of my head. I I, I embrace, I allow, I take in all of the suffering related to my itch and this pain and all of the suffering related to any soul around me that's Mm. going through physical discomfort. And then I move to the next energy point and I tap and I say, all of this pain and discomfort, allowing it to come in, soaking it in, absorbing it fully, allowing it to be here and letting it flow through me. And then at some point after I do that, I switch to and I breathe out and I breathe out joy and compassion, and I'm still tapping on the EFT points. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the simplest way to do it, is to just keep tapping mm. on the points as you go through the concepts and the phrases. Good. You know, a model for that can be found in uh, the way I teach the class and the way Brad Yates does the EFT tapping because he just starts talking on mm. the topic from whatever perspective his insight tells him as he's tapping. And if he's tapping and he's tapping on rage or terror, and then he has the thought, you know what, some part of me doesn't believe this can get better, he just says that, even though part of me doesn't doesn't think it'll ever get better. I'm going to allow that thought. I'm going to allow the energies of sadness and fear that come up with that thought I'm going to just breathe and soften and allow it to be there and allow it to move through me. Mm. And just keep marching right. through the progression of the EFT tapping points in whatever way you feel most comfortable. Mm-hmm. Good. Thanks. I frequently add the EFT tapping to any uh, meditation or tonglen or other Buddhist approach that I get because it's just a way to uh, stimulate the relaxation response in my energy system. And the more I relax into whatever I'm doing and allowing, the the, the better it seems to go. That's the more great. I try to force it, the more I try to force it, the more I go off the rails. How are we doing on the switchboard? It's just you and me and a bunch of people listening. Nobody else has their hand up yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. I want to make a report. I reported this to Michael, but it, it has struck me as one of the sweetest things that has happened lately. 
there's this pile of women that walk in the park. I don't even know all their names and I don't know their last names, but one of them dropped by my house the other day and said, let's put together a little Valentine's Day party for a, a senior center that's near here. A lot of people live there and uh, we could just provide a little lunch. And how about asking our Michael, who lives down in our basement, to play some music? And I thought that was a great idea. And the woman who visited me said, I have a lot of leftover old Valentines. I'm going to write a Valentine to each of the people who lives in there, 24 people. So I show up at lunch. Michael has his equipment all out. He's already playing oldies, lots of oldies. <clears throat> and the people are sitting there, and Michael had his doubts. He uh, he felt as if maybe the people would be talking over him and he has a lot of feelings about his value as a musician and he's really good. So he's playing the guitar and singing and there's soft talking, but you could see people wagging their heads back and forth. And these are Alzheimer's patients and people in various stages of old age and decrepitude and so forth. And they're opening their Valentines and they're eating little from little bags of goodies that have been set by their places. <clears throat> And Michael's really on a roll, and his little dog is with him in his carriage, and Michael has set up a, a, a music stand at the top of the carriage, and he's carrying on, and a woman is going around serving. She's a, a woman from India, um, and she comes to me and said, what would you like? Would you like shrimp? And I said, I really didn't sign up anything for lunch. And she said, oh, we have food. What would you like? So I got this little lunch, and I'm sitting there with about six of the women from the park and, and a man too. And in fact, the man who first took Michael in is there. And I said to the woman, I never saw this place and I've been looking for a place for our, my Tim's and my husband's and my future. I'd love information. It's a very modest one story building. And she said, well, I, I'm actually the owner and I'd love to talk to you. And here she is being the the server she's running around in an apron and she stops again at my table and says this is the most wonderful thing i had no idea that all you women from the park were going to come and do this this is just lifts my spirits and she was she was great i'm telling you dr tim i had trouble not just howling crying i felt so touched by this whole thing and then you know i had to leave for i came on to the radio show late and, and I said, well, I'm going to leave now. It was crowded and people were happy and everything was going. So I left after a while and listened to the show. But I just wanted to say, not only did that happen, but I think Michael was heartened by the response he got. And the owner said, we want him back. You know, we have happy hours here, you know, maybe once or twice a week. Love to have him come and play. And they did pay him. The women gathered. They passed the basket and gave Michael a, uh, a fee for his his work. And I just thought, this was the sweetest, most beautiful Valentine's Day thing I've ever seen. And it all came out of nobody knowing anybody, really, at all. So I just wanted to report that because it's such a – I hope you can picture it. Yes, I think you painted a beautiful picture. I'm I'm happy for all of you. I was doing some emotional work with somebody earlier and they they were they wanted to know what's wrong with them 
why they cry when they see an act of kindness. Mm. And I said, well, um, let's begin with you, your, your assumption that there's something wrong when you cry. Mm. Why, why isn't uh, within your mindset, why aren't tears a valid expression of joy? And that pulled this person right up short. And then the next thing we were working on was, so what are the control issues in your life? And that thoroughly caught them by uh, way off guard. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, you're saying it's not okay for you to have tears of joy. Mm-hmm. And that would indicate to me that you try to keep a lid on almost all of your emotions. Mm. And that hit home. And here's yeah. a person who has who who uncovered that they have a deep, deep fear of letting their emotions run wild and free, of just feeling whatever they feel. And it goes back to a time when they believe they let their emotions out and people got devastated that they had more power and authority and their rage swept through and people were killed and etc and Mm. that's what they're living from today they're living from a set of conclusions about how it's not safe for them to feel their emotions so they need to shut them down Mm -hmm. and that exploration and those worksheets were just very very powerful Mm. So when you say oh, you had to keep from howling and crying, the the thought that oh, came up in my mind was why why would you try to keep from howling and crying? Why not just cry and share your tears of joy with the people around you? Why not add that joyful energy, tears included? To the experience and and in the process of giving yourself permission to feel those emotions you you model for others permission for them to experience their emotions that's openly true. and I wish fully well let's not wish you had done that because you don't have a time machine but no. you might want to say I think I'm going to try to set myself up to recognize the next time there's an opportunity to do this and do something differently the next time. That's good. That could be a very productive and useful application of your mind energy. Sitting now and thinking, oh, I I wish I had done this, is more like beating Mm -hmm. yourself up for not doing it. True. Yeah. What you said to that other person is useful and it fits. I don't need to go into it, but it's perfect fit. My itchy self does not cry. My itchy self is too much in a hurry to take the time, and my itchy self is usually too critical of what's going on right now to feel anything in my heart. And one of the things I felt yesterday at that lunch is my heart just nearly 
exploded and I thought, I'm still alive. I still have a heart. This is gorgeous. So it was just a nice opening. And I told the woman next to me, I said, I could just cry, but I didn't cry. But yeah, okay, I won't blow myself up for not crying, but that's a, an excellent w- approach to what happens and use for it. Well, and you can explore it with uh, a mind shifter. You know, it's safe and healing for me to openly express in a constructive way all of my emotions. And it's, yeah, safe is the right word, safe. My little sister was punished terribly when she cried. She was called a crybaby. She was bullied for crying in school. She was whipped for crying at home. It was definitely not a safe thing to do is cry. Well, what you just said would be what what you start writing on the right side of the sheet of paper if you were going to do that mind shifter. Right. <clears throat> that would be the beginning of the mind shifter process for you. Mm. And it would probably go much deeper. Right. It would. You're going to scratch the first first few snowflakes off the tip of the iceberg when, when you start writing that. But there will be more. And there's a whole idea, you know, that we have that we can figure this out that really, really needs to be put to rest within us. There is no figuring this out. There is allowing this to be revealed to us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people mistake that with the figuring it out. But it's like what I was trying to talk about when I was doing the work on Monday when I started having the physical discomfort and I did some worksheets and tapping, and there's no logical connection and yet there's a release of the energy yeah there's just the acknowledgement that oh if i'm having this this set of physical discomforts and historically it's been related to fear there must be some fear there so let me just say it's safe and healing for me to have this fear and do some journaling about that do some eft tapping about it's okay for me to know what this fear is about It's okay for me to release this fear even without figuring it out. And just that much provided substantial shift in energy and relief from the discomfort. And with no, yeah, with with no, oh, I know what this is about. Oh, it's a specific fear about going to the dentist or going to the knee doctor or, you know, something I said wrong in that last group session. There was none of that, and yet there was a release of energies. You know, what you're doing is you're in the part of the worksheet where it says ask to be shown, I've always thought that something very definite and specific will show up. What you're saying is it's not necessarily so. That you can come within into the climate of it, into the field of it, and you'll get a benefit. 
Yes. That's really, really crucial. Yeah, just being willing, just giving up the idea that I'm going to figure it out and being willing to be in the moment with whatever's there, with loving intention, with loving space for myself and others, that Tonglen thing, right? I'm going to pull in all the suffering Mm -hmm. from the world. I'm going to breathe in my own suffering and the suffering of everybody else, and I'm going to breathe out the love and the compassion and the joy and the strength. And I'm going to be right here in the moment with all of it without trying to change it or make it be different. Right. Mm-hmm. That To me, that's the biggest takeaway today is just that being shown doesn't mean getting it. It means being taken into the vicinity of a healing without even understanding anything necessarily. And and to be taken into a space where I'm okay, even if my mind is saying I should be healing this or that physically and it doesn't mm. change. I can be okay right. with what is. Mm. Great. <clears throat> and I don't have to keep pouring my mind energy into my negative thoughts and conclusions about what this means negatively about me or the world or somebody else. I can just be with what is. Which, by the way, as we talked about earlier, I cannot do if I'm hurrying anywhere, if I'm rushing somewhere. (laughs) Right. If I'm itchy. Yeah, it, it's it's an avoidance, it's a drug, it's, you know, it's trying to leave when I'm rushing. Totally. When I'm hurrying. Mm-hmm. Well, you've done it again. Thank you for the call and the comments and the questions. We're down to our last minute and a half or so, so I will... Mute you so you can listen to the second hour. And I thank you once again for your excellent comments and questions. And I will remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I'll say hello to Jeannie Rice. And I'll turn on her microphone. Welcome, Jeannie Rice. And I'll encourage her to unmute herself if she's still there. (laughs) I thought I unmuted, but anyway, thanks. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Have a great show. Thanks. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. And today is Wednesday, February the 15th, 2023. And our call-in number is 563-999. 3581 and press 1 and that puts you in the queue to talk to us and we would love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show and we'll give Michael a moment to dial in and I'll uh, invite you to go to our website whyagain.org and uh, 
look around. There's new information. Michael updated. There's an article out there. It's actually under, if you click, let's see, where is it? Under healing, and in Michael's words, it's called Living as Love is Better. And he updated that one and got that updated on the website yesterday. And it's about love since yesterday was Valentine's Day. We hope everybody stayed connected to love, to their being. And there's, uh, we're trying to get it wrapped up about um, Heartland and what's going to happen when. So keep an eye out on the website for that. Um, Michael's with us now, so I'll let him, if he's got anything to add to that, and then take it away. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. Glad you're with us. Glad we get this opportunity to have this conversation and draw out more and deeper understanding from the quantum realm and bring it into the realm of this world that we think we see outside of us, but is really inside of us, and thus the importance of the tool of forgiveness so that when the world we see with our brain that we think we see outside of us has some form of turmoil in it, having that tool of forgiveness, being able to collapse the world that our brain generates and tap into the underlying truths of what's going on are just, uh, you know, it's monumental to have that tool. And it certainly fills me with appreciation for the fact that uh, we can literally drop into hidden parts of the mind and clean them up, literally cleaning out the the root of the hostility and fear game that we tend to... Uh, believe is so real and so outside of us and to be able to drop into the truth of what's going on inside of us, owning and moving through those things, leave us with quite a gift. So Miss Jeannie, before we move any further, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? There are no hands up and no questions in the chat room. So it's all yours. Awesome. It's Michael, are you there? I'm here. I'm... Uh... Trying to get my, uh, my my phone is slow in opening some material that I wanted to take a look at. We've uh, we just posted yesterday a uh, a new version of the course on uh, holistic self healing on our Facebook page. So anybody wants to access that, you can go to Facebook and uh, JM underscore RYCE is where you'll touch into that article if you'd like to move through it. And we're looking to see that the study of health is where the real advancement comes in the creation of healing when you recognize that we are creative beings and that 
in the um, the mind shifters and still point breathing session we did this past weekend, one of the conversations we got into was this idea of a law that we've spoken about before called the perpetual transmutation of radiant energy and that there's this ongoing shifting of energy from one form to another to another you know the sun uh, puts out this light energy and this infrared heat energy which you know hits the ground and is turned you know if you, the heat isn't in the air as such until it hits the ground it creates a transmutation where all of a sudden the soil starts heating, feeds the heat to the seed, the seed starts to absorb that heat, take in water, take in all these different energetic patterns. And according to the pattern in the seed, all of those energies are transmuted into whatever the plant is. You know, if you plant a corn seed, you're going to get corn, you can't get apples. There's got to be a frequency pattern that directs the transmutation, the changing of those energetic patterns. You know, we eat the uh, the fruit from that tree, that seed that grew and produced fruit, and our body's transmuted into action, and we get this privilege of stepping into the role of being creators, i.e., we can flow according to whatever energetic patterns are in us and they'll be transmuted physically, mentally, emotionally, verbally. They'll be transmuted into whatever patterns happen to reside within us. But as far as we know, we are the only creature in the creation that can consciously originate something new and direct that transmutation into a different direction. And that leads us to probably the greatest atrocity that's ever been done to us as human beings down through the ages. And that is that we've had hidden from us the fact that we can consciously enter into doing that rather than doing what the generations have done, rather than doing the patterns of the culture, the patterns of the family, we can originate something totally and completely new. If you don't, step in and do the work of originating something new, then you'll probably end up asking yourself the question of my book, why is this happening to me again? And we either unconsciously transmute the energies that we take in and express them in a patterned way, the why is this happening to me again experience, or we can interrupt, we can remove the patterned energies that are in us, we can forgive and shift the way that we produce the world that we get to participate in. So if if our view of ourselves as creators is limited, then our ability to you know, in in accord with that term, perpetual transmutation of radiant energy, then our ability to transmute energies into joy or aliveness, if our family pattern is one of pain and suffering, then we're going to be limited until we can tap into, until we can do one of two things. One, we can remove the energetic pattern of suffering and pain, if that's what's in our bloodlines, and or we choose to consciously originate something 
from a different level of awareness than the old pain and suffering. And that level of awareness is from the state of being, the state of who we are. And, And so one of the things we're here to do is to uncover the idea of the fact that we are creators and that we can choose to move energies in our lives into different directions than we've been patterned to. So if we're limited in our view of anything, then we tend to come to incorrect conclusions about everything. And science admits that, you know, 95% of the universe is made up of what they call dark energy or dark matter. In other words, we don't have a clue about what's going on in 95% of the universe. Yes, we see this massive universe, but what they're telling us is that there are these dark holes, dark matter, dark energy. And who knows what energy is there for us, available for us when we open to the light that is in us and begin to see differently. As one builds the brain cells, one comes into deeper and deeper contact with and comprehends what we're really capable of as human beings. People tend, you know, if they're just in a pattern, it takes no effort to replicate the pattern. They go, well, I'm not creating this. It's happening to me. It takes some effort to undo or to forgive, to remove the patterns that lead to negative creation. It takes work. It takes effort. But it's a a much easier way to live than just playing out the old patterns. Of course, playing out the old patterns is effortless, and it seems like a lot of work to change that. It's such a more, a much more rewarding way to live when we choose to undo the old patterns, applying the tool of forgiveness. So, and and for me personally, you know, when I first started doing this work, when people would hear an idea like this in, let's say, one conceptual language, it would be, wow, that's pretty interesting. And when we start to synthesize all of the disciplines that this work seeks to bring in, you know, we're looking to bring in, of course, the, the root of my thinking these days, my original work is in in, in electronics and with a side study in physics, but then bring that into the realm of things like naturopathic medicine, uh, energy systems, quantum theory, neurolinguistics, spiritual psychology, looking at the truth principles that are in our theological text, philosophically understanding, moving the mind in different directions than its limits recognizing what physiology has to do and how it limits the mind and how to open the energy field so that more and more and more we can connect with what's in our genes, process through the limiting things that are in our genes and move into higher and higher realms, recognizing that nutrition is an important part of the process. If we don't have the, the vital energies that are needed that come into the structure through nutrition, then we tend to be limited. And, of course, you watch how people close down possibilities by holding their breath when they're facing something that they don't like. So when we bring this all together, 
what happens is we get to bigger and bigger pictures comprehensible of what this ability to transmute energy really means. You know, it's kind of like that's a bottom line of it. And to provide a set of tools for doing that from a synthesis of all those disciplines is what we're here to do. So hopefully engaging in this whole conversation supports expansion. It's interesting in the Aramaic language, there's a term that speaks of the kingdom of heaven. And actually there are two proper interpretations of that idea. One is the community of love and the other one is the kingdom of expansion, the space of expansion. And you'll recall that Yeshua 2,000 years ago said that was within us. The unexplored space within us is what really is the, the new frontier. And as you start to move into that study, more and more as you gather ideas from the ancient Aramaic language, it just starts to open up in ways that it's almost unimaginable. And of course, it's not something, you know, what we're we're talking about, this whole body of work is not something to just audit with your mind. Oh, I'll sit back and I'll, I'll watch all this or I'll read all this or I'll build all these brain cells, but rather to really engage in and experience at every level this state of being and the work of undoing the past and making room for making a space for that higher state of being called love to fully enter into physiology at the deepest levels. And, and of course, in doing so, to build awareness of what you're required to let go of to make room for it. And when you start taking the blinders off, the possibilities are just amazing and and of course the idea is to understand that you know a quote that comes from albert einstein says any fool can know the point is understanding you know a lot of people they first hear those words the perpetual transmutation of radiant energy and so what the heck does that mean but when you understand that you are a director of what happens to the energies within you and that come through you and that you can move them in many different directions, there's the understanding that we want people to have. And, and if it seems like your life is patterned, it's probably because it is. And there's where the forgiveness tool comes in, to undo the patterns so that you can move in a totally and completely different direction with the energies that are given to you, that, that it's up to you to form them. It's up to you to mold them into an expression in the world that, you know, maybe in your bloodline and my bloodline have never been seen before and that we open pot to possibilities when that happens. Now, one of the things that limits that synthesis is thinking that, oh, there's a conflict between one system or another. The fact is, we well, I think it was, um, oh, I'm not thinking of his name. 
anyway, <laughs> that, that we have the privilege of being separated by a common language. The scientist speaks, and it seems like it's totally and completely in conflict with, say, for instance, the theologian. But when you get down to the root of it, there's only one thing to talk about. There are many conceptual languages to, for talking about it. So it seems like if one conceptual language expresses a thought and another conceptual language expresses that thought differently, that they're about something different. But the truth is there's only one thing to talk about, and that's this world of energy. And there is no conflict when you get down to the underlying principles. When we, you know, polish this lens of perception, when we bring correction to our perceptual capacity, then we're empowered to grasp the truth behind everything we perceive, everything that our brain generates as, as a visual, as a picture, as what we see. And then to recognize when those pictures, those constructs of the mind, those perceptions are false, perhaps because of generations of errant beliefs, cultural brainwashing, when those pictures are collapsed, then we get to see what's true and bring that into that realm of understanding. So ultimately, each discipline, you know, where, as I said earlier, you hear it in one language and all that's interesting, but when you hear it in several conceptual languages simultaneously, then there's a real opening, there's a real shift that occurs, and the possibilities just are endless. You end up with a, a truly holistic or, you know, the ancient teachings, they said holy, but holy doesn't mean down on your knees with your hands folded. It's a comprehension of the whole, an understanding of life. So when our perceptual lens is corrected and therefore accurate, and you might remember Paul speaks about... And you'd say, well, how does Paul come into this conversation? Wasn't he some kind of New Testament scholar or something? How does he come into this? But, but you hear him saying, we see as though through a glass darkly. He's talking about perception there. The mind, when it's tarnished by fear or hostility, distorts and destroys awareness of this sweetness of existence that's been handed to us. And if one doesn't have the tools, then once perception is poisoned, inaccurate perceptual constructs distort everything. Life, the body, the mind, our part in it. That mind delivers errant perception, and everything's tainted by the presence of that dis-ease energy that energy that doesn't belong in the system. And once that poison seeps deeply into, let's say, a family system or a cultural system, the body, mind, nervous system of the individual comes to the conclusion that these things are inescapable. Because the mind that's structured 
with air in it twists what's hidden in itself into pictures that the mind convinces us about something outside of us. Of course, the fact that we're the ones who are feeling it, there comes a point you have to say, hmm, yes, I have been through this 87 different times with 42 different people. I'm the one feeling it. Maybe it's my glass darkly. Maybe it's my ability to perceive the world that's twisting things in a way that's in error. And all it takes for that to happen is for there to be a thought disorder in the mind. And of course, while we're feeling it, the mind plays this game and produces this picture that shows us that the problem's outside of us. Actually convincing us that, oh yes, the problem's out there. Why are they doing this to me again? So until perception is cleansed, joy is throttled, and there seems to be reason for upset in everything that's seen. It can be really helpful to understand that everything that's seen is a construct of one's own mind. Again, we see with our minds, not with our eyes. That's a quote from Ari Rain. And so to recognize that what we see is our own construct, there seems to be limitation or pain there, then one's going to have to go, drop inside of one's own internally generated perceptions for correction. Bruce Lipton, who's a cell biologist, says it so perfectly, so simply. The moment you change your perception is the moment you rewrite the chemistry of your body. Perception and chemistry, what we call chemistry, literally what we call chemistry, are simply analogs of each other. Different aspects of the same. So if there is hostility or fear-based perception, then in tissue, the place where that energetic pattern is stored, there is tissue distorted by hostility and fear. We call that disease, physical disease. When we recognize that, then realizing that on the other end of a pained body is a pained mental construct and having the tool with which to collapse our pained mental constructs and drop into the root of them, of course that's called forgiveness, becomes the most important skill one could have. Habitual fear and or hostility-based perceptions via this reducing valve we call the mind, we've lost contact with the actuality of life and end up living in an energetic desert. separated by our, our own states of mind from the underlying continuous presence of love, which is our very essence and the matrix in which we live, move, and have our being. Love as a state of being seems unavailable to one whose physiology is filled with generational patterns. But it's only available because of the secrets that are hidden in the mind pain, the trauma, the fear, and the mind 
keeps those things out of view. And the problem with keeping them out of view, which seems like, well, that's great that I don't have to see them. I don't have to deal with them. But, but then what you realize is those things become the root of the output of your mind. You go back to Yeshua, he says, take care of the heart, for out of it are the issues in life. He's not talking about the physical organ. That word heart would be, in the ancient Aramaic language, would be the equivalent of the unconscious. Take care of what's going on inside of you that you are unconscious of, because that becomes what perpetually transmutes energy in your life, and you then become an unconscious creator. Goals of the mind, the generational patterns, we get to open to the experience of what for many has been the forgotten presence of love. And restoration of the heart. You know, they're discovering that there are two minds and they're even coming to the point where they're calling them brains. One of them, the one between our ears and the other one, the heart. And it takes the restoration of the heart in its communication with the mind to really bring into full view what we're truly powerful of with the objective of getting back to the point where the profoundly beautiful, healing, physiological, emotional, and spiritual experience of love is our norm to return to that place. Of course, if our generational patterns have a different idea, then we'll seem, it'll seem to be that life operates differently. And this is where Einstein's thing of, it's not just about knowing, but it's understanding, understanding the why and how of it. So the generational patterns must be rearranged, and, and that's where literally a whole lifetime of work begins. Any given explanation the mind has for a phenomenon when it's in blockage of truth may be totally, completely false, actually silly, fraudulent, but it's accepted because the culture generational patterns of errant perception make it seem so. The mind generates a view of every event. We call it reality, perception. A view of every event, the data that the mind uses to produce its perception, its view is corrupted then its constructs are likewise corrupt. There's a simple way in any event in your life to tell if the data that your mind is using is corrupted, and that is that there's fear and or hostility moving in you. There's been a disconnect from the presence of love. And when we're disconnected from that, we do silly things. in the most ridiculous places. If you've ever done anything you regret, you'll notice that what was moving in you when you did what you regretted was some form of fear or hostility. And we can tell ourselves a lie that someone else was the cause of our aberrant behavior, but the error, the pain, 
The emotional disease that drives pain perception lies within us. When you realize that what lies in your own perception needs correction and the return to love, then you stop blaming the world and you step into doing your work. And, of course, the motivator for that is that all emotional disease eventually becomes physical. All physical disease is rooted in the emotional. And so we're here to deliver the best we can an understanding of that, an understanding of the physics behind each experience, what transmutes the energy that you're engaging in, prehand a set of principles based in truth rather than generational patterns of errant perception, which, you know, by virtue of being born into the world, we automatically become, by probably the age of three or four, we automatically become card-carrying members of the one world religion of blame. So there are many conceptual languages, many belief systems, which have been used to describe life. And what we're looking to do with this work is to synthesize as many of those as possible into an understanding bypassing the seeming conflicts and understanding where these different, apparently different systems of thought come from and realize the principle behind them all are consistent. They're identical. Einstein says it very well from the physics point of view. He says, on such things as matter, we have been all wrong. What we've heretofore called matter is energy, energy whose vibrations have been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter, he says. So what is the matter? It's the mind that determines what energetic patterns we solidify and bring into expression that we allow to be transmuted through us. So the objective of this work is to bring the principles behind everything we experience into alignment with truth and develop a language framework to accurately describe the principles behind creation, behind our part in the creative process, behind all expressions of life. So the, the truth of these principles, unfortunately, is often hidden by ancient or modern misunderstandings and misperceptions. And what we want to do is upgrade those flaws, bring healing, forgive the underlying dynamics of the flaws in our own minds, healing our physiology and realigning our energy with truth. And that will deliver, that will empower the perceptual mind to deliver a more accurate overview of the circle of life and how life works. And once we do that, then we get to see our part in that circle. 
the part we were designed to play and that we're capable of carrying out. When individually and collectively we remove the discordant energetic patterns, we acquire new skill sets and heal, then we reorganize, to break that word down, literally our organic structure changes and bring everything that is out of harmony about us back into proper alignment. Energy fields do not, or energy systems do not improve, do not strengthen, do not do a better job by effort. They are improved, tweaked, empowered by alignment. Each correction using the tools within this body, mind, and nervous system enhances our ability to affect change through a deeper awareness and understanding of the principles in operation within ourselves, within our family systems, our ancestors, and our descendants, and our impact on the world. So ultimately, you must understand your part in the process and ultimately become the build such an awareness that you become your own primary healthcare provider. It's interesting, Hippocrates, who's considered to be the father of modern medicine, says, if you're not your own doctor, you're a fool. The natural healing force within each one of us is the greatest force in getting well. And if someone wishes for good health, one must first ask oneself if he or she is ready to do away with the reasons for the illness. Only then is it possible to help one. And Miss Jeannie, I think I heard your voice. Do we have somebody who's got something to share with us? We do have a hand up, and I believe it's Joe, 864. You're on the air. Hey, hey, young man. Hey, Joe. Hey, what's happening? We're rocking along. Yeah, as usual. Sounds good. Actually, I I thought you were recording. You were in such a a voice there that uh, didn't just sounded, I don't know, rehearsed or just so. You've been doing this a long time, I guess, is the compliment. Been um, working at it for a little while. I, so, what be on your mind, uh, yeah, call, What's on my mind is the idea of um, being an empath, or when someone shares with me that they're an empath, that they can, they have felt or feel the way I feel, and. It, okay, okay, you, okay, good. And I just remind myself of that this feeling that I may be interpreting is going through my filter, and I am interpreting it based on my experience. So when someone else says, well, you know, I'm, I'm a highly sensitive person, I'm an empath, I can tell what you're feeling, or, you know, what's happening for you. I get a little, 
like, okay, okay, if that's if that's what you believe, that's yours, and I I respect, I honor your your willingness to believe in that, and I would just caution myself as to somebody who says that, and I think, well, wait a second, you know, understand that you are, it is going through your filter, and you are your your outcome. Or your interpretation is just that it's yours, and you could be wrong. I'm with you 100. percent That just, would be my take exactly. Yeah, and and so, I person. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I just I I don't I don't see any fruit in in doing that because it's 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 a guess. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right, okay? And I think it's very empathetic and compassionate to, for me to say to you, Jeannie, or anybody that, oh, oh, you know, I know how you feel or I, I uh, recognize that. Now, I recognize the – or I'm empathetic with regards to your situation because I've experienced it too or something similar. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's not My- – the reason I can see – I can see fruits in my work with you is because I've built those brain cells in me. But this empath thing or highly sensitive person where they seem to want to create this transcendent uh, knowing, it's kind of this Edgar Cayce uh, higher consciousness thing, which is like, okay, I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. It's just that I, I the, the plumbing or the electrical system that I'm working on, those, you know, for lack of a better metaphor, the plumbing, you know, the pipes, this is how they, this is how it works for me. So. Well, my my take on the empath is that the way that when an empath says to someone, I feel your pain, I know what your pain is, mm. my offering to, to that empath would be you're in total denial. Right. If you are experiencing pain, Mr. or Miss Empath, it's because mm. there's the energy of that pain in you. Now, right. it may be triggered by this other person, Who's also in pain? Person A emits an energy field just like the middle C tuning fork. Person yep, B, right. the person who claims to be an empath, has an energy mm-hmm. that matches, and that energy that matches responds within the empath. But the empath Bingo. is in denial that what they're experiencing is their own and want to play the right. game of, no, I'm experiencing yours. So yeah. an analogy might be, you know, if I had if I had a middle C tuning fork, let's imagine the middle C tuning fork is is vibrating. You know, I hit it on the desk and it's vibrating. And and let's imagine just for the sake of a metaphor, it was uh, it was silver. And the empathic tuning fork, you know, it's also a middle C, but it's blue. So mm. the, the one I hit on the desk that's up a field, the second tuning fork has no choice. It's a resonance. There's an energy transfer. Mm. And in the, the blue tuning fork, the empath says, oh, I'm experiencing your pain, and it's blue because the 
second mm. tuning fork, the empathic tuning fork, is blue. It mm. says, oh, mm. I'm experiencing your energy. Well, no, what's really happened is you've been triggered by my energy, but the blue that you're feeling mm. is your own. Yeah. It's another, it's another I, my take is it's another subtle form of phenomenon. Now, there are people who've highly tuned themselves and can tap mm-hmm. in and they can distinguish. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll notice that oftentimes on the radio show, someone will call in, they'll give a description and I'll offer, you know, well, I get a sense that, how does that, is that what's moving for you? So I'll, you know, for me, when I say, I'll, I get the sense that what I'm saying is, well, what's moving in me for me and how I would interpret this is, yeah. Is that what's moving for you? Is that a clue for you? Does that fit for you? So I'm asking the other person to check it out as opposed to, well, I have a perception of it, and this is absolutely what it is because I'm it, feeling it, your Exactly. You yeah. can't feel right. anybody else's. <laughs> you just right. can't do it. And, 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 yeah. And you're presenting it in a manner to say I could be wrong or I'm I'm open. This is what I'm experiencing is this what you're experiencing? You know, right. instead of instead of the, instead of this, it's almost authoritative. It's like, okay, this is what's happening for you. It's like, well, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say no. That is what's happening, but I'm not going to say yes either because it's like you had said the other day, where I find myself. Somebody says to me, "Why?" I said, "Why? Why is not good because you know." There's generational the booby prize. Who knows? Yeah, it's a booby prize. Right, right. It's just, yeah, yeah. You're never going to figure it out. Yeah. You well. Mm, you you're can gonna, forgive you're it, figure out, but you you'll can, never figure it yeah, out. Uh, there you go. There you go. You can forgive it again. You can forgive the it. The key F word. Speaking of F words, you know. I mean, there it is. <laughs> that 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 forgiveness is. It, it truly is the um, uh, I don't know the salve the the ointment. <laughs> so. Well, if I'm if I'm in a state of pained perception, you know, to try to figure out the root of that, and and then I'm entangled with someone else who's also in pained perception, and we're going to figure that out is uh, is just a joke. When you start realizing we have genetic influences. Uh, uh, mm. Cultural influences, you know. What, what's I've I've seen people, you know. Magda did a piece, you know, and shared on the radio show back a year or so ago. When we were doing the codependence intent, so I don't know if you've come across that part in the uh, in the yep. self study course. I did, yes. Yeah, where yeah. she communicates mm-hmm. with her grandfather. I mean, she's tapped mm-hmm. in and she's got a conversation going with him, but that's not something you figure out with your mind. That's something that through forgiveness you get to access. Okay, so now, Michael, right, you're tapping into something else here now, which which gets, I get confused about what you're saying here, because now we're saying that, or we're, we're offering the idea that, in, in this case, Magda has this conversation with her grandfather. Right. And, and it is running through her filter, and so so and therefore it has been um influenced jaded 
or or are what we what we agree upon is that no it is the channeling you know course of miracles that this material was channeled from nothing the nothingness to the somethingness and and here it is here's here it is here's the information so what where are where am i then when i i said oh you know what I've got to breathe into this because I'm not going to deny or be in denial. It's just that I haven't developed or I don't maybe have the capacity or the willingness to, or, or you know, maybe I want to. Maybe I do want to develop that. Or, and, and my question to you is, is that a developable? Or is that a training? Is that something that the mind, you know, can I buy that on Amazon? I don't think you buy it on Amazon, but you can work for it. You know, one of the intensives that we do on occasion is is uh, intuitive development, where it's about developing right. the ability to tap into energetic patterns that are around us and come to a level of understanding of those energetic patterns. You know, in that uh, situation that, that Magda went through, it is is everything that Magda got there gospel truth that her grandfather said to her? I don't know. She doesn't know. But when she takes it as fodder for her process, her opening and her healing, monumental things happen. I don't have to stand in judgment of whether it was literally letter by letter. You know, sometimes people talk about, say, for instance, past lives. And Mm -hmm. that's one way of explaining what, Sure. It could also be just the creative mind's way of presenting an issue that needs to be dealt with. So here, I'll put it in this way so that you can take it in and deal with it. So that we don't have to go to yeah. establishing gospel truth. But if I'll use it as the the mechanism for doing my work and cleaning up my perceptual structure, which, of course, at the same time mm-hmm. cleans up my physiology and my physical diseases, mm-hmm. then I'm going to move forward in my life. Mm-hmm. But I certainly, I understand, I hear the thing about the uh, the uh, empath. I've, I've watched people do that, and it's just total denial. No, these aren't mine. I'm feeling yours. It's like you've heard me tell that old story, haven't you, about the, the woman who goes to the movie theater? <laughs> yeah, remember that not, one? At this point, it's really yeah, it's not not even funny anymore. I mean, it used to be funny. Yeah, I can't feel anybody else now. <laughs> well, it must be you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's because I just made a joke. Okay, let's, let's, there you let's, go. In our relationship, in our relationship, I'm the funny one. Okay, there you go. Okay, you got it. I I offer you the title. I crown you the funny one. Well, you got that, it. I'm in agreement with you. It, it, Okay. Amen. Okay. That's right. I I can I I'm empathic enough to get that truth about you. So. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, what fun. Touché, my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and right, so then. you know it, it, it's the, so in that type of circumstance you deal with it, you know, my experience would be to deal with it the same as any other form of denial. What am I going to do with it? Well, is it my job to say anything? If it is, then I'm going to say it. Is it going to raise some hell? Yeah, it might. It might not. Uh, Or is it my job to just hold the space and let whatever unfolds unfold? Mm 
I, I like I'm going to have to choose what my yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to choose what my part is in the process because any time yeah. that you pull somebody out of denial, unless there's great willingness to mm. give up their religious belief in the one world religion of blame and move mm. into the church of responsibility, there's usually going to be hell to pay. So you just have yeah. to make your choices to what you're going to do with it. Yeah, it's always, um, I find it most fruitful to let it unfold of its own and 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 point out maybe you know as that fruit shows up it may not be as again, hold the space it may not be as yeah yeah there it is there it is hold the space that's it that's one of the greatest you know, gifts somebody, we can give whenever anybody's in denial including ourselves yes yeah yeah, well, I mean, it's it's quite, of, it's you know, you look at our definition of denial whenever I think or speak as though something outside of me is the cause of something inside of me. That describes the whole empathic experience. Now, when I recognize that something outside of me is triggering something in me and here's what's going on and I'm going to be responsible for what's moving in me, does that match yours? Mm. Well, it might match yours. And then we'll go, hey, we just got an opening here. Uh, if it doesn't match yours, then I make the space for yours to be what it is and I own what's mine as opposed to trying to make mine because I'm an empath yours. I mean, it's it's the whole definition of denial. This is moving in me because of what you're experiencing. No, it's moving right. in you because that's what's in you. That'd be my take. Right. Oh, I that that's just it. That that's that's the take. And and then and let it let it uh cultivate from there. I don't don't see any other uh you know just let it, you know, breathe into it and go from there. It's not uh you know, this this friend did a I had the um uh, healing uh, work done I was on a table and she was holding a space and and we were going over some prayers that she had and it was all it was all very nice and you know I felt like I had done some work around my mom's dying and how messy it all was and you know, right. just more I've, I've already done some of that you know we I did some of that with with you in I think it was up in it was in Virginia, I think, at that Catholic church. But but anyway, the the point being that these things anyway, she she these things keep come will come up until they're resolved for me. Yes. And she had shared with me she the the healer Sherry had shared with me that she has these severe headaches, and I thought, well. Maybe it's something that you're eating. You know, have you thought about that? Oh, yeah, I thought about that. But then she said to me, it also could be some of my other clients that I'm working with. And to me, that's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. What, what are you saying? That Not possible. Right. So now, now if, if what she was saying, it could be what some of my other clients are resonating in me. I'd say you're right on. Now there's your forgiveness yeah, right. work. Okay. Exactly. But when it's like, right. oh, I'm experiencing this because I took that energy on from my other client? No. No, I can't. Yeah. I, a middle C tuning fork can't take anything on but a middle C. A healthy form yeah. can't take on disease from another. Although there's a strong right. belief in that in many healing commu communities, 
like, oh, you know, after I take this horrible disease away from you, I have to go wash my hands and wash it off because it might stick to me. It can only stick to me if there's resonance in me. And what I'm going to experience is the impact of what's resonating in me. But there is a a lot of that in the the, uh, healing, in many healing communities. At least that's been my observation. Sure. And what's con- that's confusing. That's confusing because, you know, and or disturbing, I guess, is the one way to put it. Does she have severe headaches? Yeah, migraine. Really? Ouch. Yeah. I mean, you know, why not, why not look at a dietician and at least take a look at it? And she just immediately said that, Oh no, this is. I think it's some of my other clients, or you know. So yeah, there's that. classic denial. It's almost well, but it, but it, but it's not. It, it may not be if she says it in a certain way, or if she thinks of it in a certain way. In other words, like you said, if she's if she's saying that that tuning fork over there is triggering my tuning fork over here, then I'm okay with that. That's a different conversation, right? That's an accurate conversation. Right. But if it's if I'm having these headaches because of my other clients, yeah. for me, that That's would be denial. I'd, I'd be saying to that person, right. well, so here's my offering. If, if they're putting out an energy, it's like the, the only way when I turn on my uh, radio here that's multi-band. The only way I can listen to 900 on the AM dial is if I go to the AM dial. I can be on FM1, FM2, FM3, shortwave, longwave, CB band. I'll never find 900 because it can't enter that system. There's no resonance for it in any of those other bands. I have to go to the AM dial, and then I have to tune it to 900. Now, all of a sudden, oh, there's a radio station over there, 900, that's playing my favorite piece of rock and roll music, and now I can hear the rock and roll music through the the radio. I can hear it because it's being played on uh, from that radio station. Well, that's true, but until I can attune to it, it can't show up in here. Well, some people, what about gifts? Someone has a gift that they're, you know, like Edgar Casey is a, an example from, that I've seen where you're like, oh, okay, this guy really, you know, moved in this field of, of resonance to determine what was, what was happening within someone else and their physiology. But right, but I'll bet you never heard Edgar Casey say, and yeah, and they're making me sick. Oh, right, right, right. So it's all energy. If I if I yeah. develop the skill, this is our our work on intuitive development. When we do that intensive. We're we're yeah. helping people to learn how to tap into a different way to receive information from the world than through our five senses, and to interpret gotcha. that information accurately. But right. I moved away from accurately the minute I said, "And yeah, and they made me so mad when they touched into that." Yeah. Right, right. You know, I can I can That's attune it. to and recognize, mm-hmm. gee, you know, I get this sense that there's a lot of anger in you. And yeah. I'll hand it back to that person and say, is, is that accurate? And they'll go, yeah, well, I've been dealing with that. Or, no, it doesn't seem to be any. Okay. Well, then, if I'm getting the sense there's a lot of anger in there, then I'm going to need to look at 
what's going on inside of me when I forgive us and, and I can only attune to something that's already, that I've got brain cells for, that I've been there, done that. Right. And there are two places from which I can experience that. One is been there, done that, worked through it so I can be at peace and connected to love while I tap into that the horror of that energy, if it's a horror energy. Yeah. That's one place. Sure. The other is I have the same horror in here, so now it's like explosion of horror. Yep. That's my work yeah. to do. But I never heard mm-hmm. Edgar Casey telling somebody how they were the cause of his disease, though he was able to attune and often very accurately read the energy system, tell what the energy system was saying, the same as if someone had verbally spoken it to him and he understood it correctly and mm-hmm. fed it back to them. It's just another way of sure. receiving information. I think that's, and that's what for me is, is okay, Joe, you can receive information and and you can develop your intuition and you can also work on healing the upsets or the misinterpretations that I have set up that, that exactly. cause that upset. Exactly. And the other thing you might do with her, this friend, if she's getting migraines that often, you know, um, if if she would like, and it's someone you know well enough that we can trust, I'd be happy. You know, the, the Avacyn is something that was made for originally. Oh, yeah, yeah. The fellow who designed it, his, he had a sister-in-law that had migraine headaches every day for 20 years. And he designed wow. it for her, and that put an end to her headaches. So if it's something she'd mm. like to try, we can set it up for her to, uh, to test one out. Very good, sir. I appreciate it. All right, well, we're down to the last minute or so, so thank you, Joe, for your input and questions. I think that really opens a nice space to to get a window into, and you are appreciated. Amen, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Jeannie. All right, lots of love. Take care. Bye-bye. Bless you. Bye-bye. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. It is an awesome gift to give the world, and we can each source that energy and hand it to all the world and whoever in the world is ready to receive it is going to get the benefit of it. What a gift to give. So joining you and being able to do that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet as we present the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on MindShifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 